Hey, 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 welcome to another Pastor Duke podcast. I'm in sunny Florida. We escaped the Soviet Republic of New York. I am with one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. His name is Pastor Wayne Gwynn. He was the youth pastor at Cook Road Baptist Church, Mansfield, Ohio, as a young man, a young couple. And uh, he discipled a girl named Jeannie in the youth group who later, uh, a few months after he left to go into a different area of ministry, his influence was still there. And Jeannie brought me to church, and she introduced me to the Son of God. And so this is the guy that uh, was doing the work backstage, and we finally met. (laughs) Quite a few years down the road, we knew each other. Brother Gwen, welcome back to the podcast, your second time with me. Uh, thanks for having me under your wing all these years. You're my mentor, has me come and speak in this church every year. Love these people. So what's been, what's God been doing at Beacon here uh, of late? You know, God has wonderfully blessed us. Uh, we've seen uh, really good growth. This has been one of the, the best years of the church's life. And, uh, and you're 80 years old, right? Well, yeah, I'm 80. <laughs> you're 80 years old, and you lost uh, your precious wife. What a boy we married up, didn't we? We did. She was such a great lady, Miss Linda. She spoiled me rotten when I was down here, and my son, and just she just spoiled everybody rotten for years and years. She's been with the Lord now for how long? Three years? Four years. Four years. Four, it was four years in January. Uh, and... This was a baby church, is that right? Out of this was a baby church out of Bethany Baptist, where I pastored for almost thirty years. And uh, when we came back to town, when Linda got sick, she wanted to come back to Florida to be near the kids. And uh, so when we came back, uh, Be- uh, Bethany was. Uh, under new leadership, and the church here was in need of a piano player. My wife was a wonderful pianist, and uh, she wanted to come and be a part of this work and use her talents here. I was still traveling somewhat, and so she got involved, and we joined the church here, and uh, it just kind of evolved from there. It's interesting. I went to school with uh, Terry Jones, whom we supported. I went to Bible college with Terry. He was a military guy. I think he got exposed to Agent Orange. Yes, he did. And it ultimately had some major medical effects uh, in his life. But he was a friend of mine in Bible college. And then I graduated and he went to the mission field. We financially supported him. And then certain Things. I think it was a military coup in French Polynesia that forced him off the field, and I lost track of him. But uh, where I lost track of him, you kind of picked up and and uh, kind of got behind him and uh, and helped him. Uh, yes, he pastored here for a number of years and did a good job while he was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you say, the Agent Orange, uh, his health deteriorated, and he finally retired. Uh, just to take care of his health. He was here a long time. Is that right? Uh, several years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he was several years here. I went to. Uh, I was a trustee at Boston Baptist College, where his daughter was a student, and I got to know her, and I knew her daddy and mama from from my days. And uh, it's one of the joys of getting old in ministry. You get to see the your peers' friend uh, children grow up and and serve serve the Lord. 
So uh, Miss Linda was playing the piano here, and then your years of traveling kind of, kind of uh, came to an end. Yeah, she, you know, she, she had cancer, and as it grew worse, uh, I felt like I needed to be here to take care of her, and so I just kind of took care of her until the Lord took her home. And at that time, the pastor that had followed Brother Terry uh, had resigned and left, and they. Well, I I didn't realize there was uh, somebody in between. I thought it was directly from him. No, it was uh, there was another pastor that uh, was here, Brother Steve Lawrence, and uh, Brother Steve uh, resigned and left. The church had had begun to deteriorate and and uh, get get uh, in financial difficulty because you know. People bring money, and if you don't have people, you don't have money, and mm-hmm. uh, it takes money to operate a church and pay a salary. Uh, and so when Steve left, they asked if I would help. And I was retired. I didn't need the salary, so uh, I stepped in, and uh, God just began to bless, and we began to reach some people, and the church began to grow. And when we got to a place where we could afford a, a full-time salary, um, I went out and found a young man uh, to bring on staff, uh, and uh, God gave us a, a wonderful young man. Yeah, well, we were praying for that young man, and I, when I met Caleb Jacobson, I I just had that overwhelming sense that he was the man, and here it is, uh, what, two years later, three years later, uh, he's, he's, he's doing great. Did a great job, been able to reach some young couples. And, you know, when I came, uh, Linda and I were some of the youngest people in the church. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, God has changed uh, that dynamic. Uh, we've the got, demographics are changing. The nurseries are full. You uh, had to open up a new nursery. Had to start another new nursery, and uh, God has just wonderfully blessed us with some young couples, lots of little babies, and several more on the way this year. Yeah, I saw uh, some pregnant ladies. It seems like all the young women are running around here pregnant now. Yeah. Must be that water fountain over on the it's side. The water of, fountain. Yeah, so we had <laughs> problems with that at our church in New York. You know, it's water fountains to do that. But you know what? Uh, to our, our preacher friends, we've known Brother Gwyn uh, for a long time and uh, pastored a prominent church uh, here in Florida, uh, not all that far from here. And uh, one of our uh, national leaders at the Baptist Bible Fellowship, and kind of he—I think you were the founder of the church planting um, arm of our fellowship. Is that correct? Yes. Uh-huh. We had the world missions, we had the Tribune, we had the colleges, and but never a, a church planting. That's what we're all about. We've been planting churches all through the years since 1950. This group of renegade Baptist preachers can't tell us nothing type guys. <laughs> and uh, so you go, you're, you're kind of in leadership at every level of our fellowship. And then you you come back and, and take a little church that's really struggling and don't take a salary and and commit to, you know, just back full-time in ministry. You say you're retired, but he's not retired. <laughs> he didn't, he can't spell that word. And he just, what is it about you? Just retarded, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like it seems like everywhere this guy goes, the, the church gets rebuilt, a new church gets planted, young men get saved, and 
I just did an interview. Those of you who listen to my podcast, uh, if you haven't, you'll maybe you already have or will hear it soon. A young man named Wayne Valentine was saved at the altar here at uh, Bethany Baptist Church back, he said, in August, just uh, maybe six, seven months ago. And this young man, he's an African-American kid. Uh, well, he's in his early 30s, but he's articulate and handsome and and art intelligent and on fire and we we i just got i call him the jesus heebie-jeebies this god's got his hand on this young man i think i think a preacher is emerging i think so too i i see it uh, as a great possibility in his life he loves the lord yeah and he's doing so well i'm i'm proud of wayne yeah it's just and so uh, here's brother gwen uh, 80 years old and having uh, uh, young African-American men bowing uh, from New York City, from the roughest neighborhood in New York City, Crown Heights. For those that are familiar with New York City, can anything good come out of Crown Heights? And it's like, yeah. And he, he comes to the church here, uh, and he, he here's an invitation. He was he said he'd been in a lot of churches that didn't give invitations, but they did here, and he came to the altar and got saved. And, uh, wow, God's working in his heart uh, mightily. So you, you kind of took over, and, and, uh, and uh, Miss Linda's playing the piano, and you started uh, filling the pulpit, and just kind of tell the story here, the, Beth, uh, the, the uh, Beacon story, because it's incredible. Well, you know, Duke, there's really no secret in building a church. If you love people mm-hmm. and care about the lost and are willing to go out and create those relationships and watch God bring them in, and God began to add began to add people, and uh, with the people came the finances. Uh, church is on a strong financial footing now. Uh, one of the first things I did was start a faith promise mission program. Uh, oh, you're dragging that Bible verse in, giving to be given unto you. Is that what you're, that what you're saying? Well, you know. <laughs> When you learn to walk with Jesus, you want to do the things that Jesus did and love the things that Jesus loved. And God so loved this world, not just Melbourne, Florida, the world, uh, that he gave his only begotten son. And uh, Jesus said the fields are white unto harvest, but the laborers are few. And so uh, years ago, under the ministry of Brother Standridge, whom you know, he was yeah. he was pastoring the church you were saved in. Yeah, you were his right hand man for a few years, and soon I, after you were gone, God brought me in. I wish I'd have got there about a year sooner so I could have hung out with you then. But it was all in God's time. All in God's time. All in God's time. But I learned I learned missions from Brother Jim, and learned that it. If you have a vision of the world and are willing to give uh, to, to reach the world, it blesses the heart of God, and he blesses your church. And so we started a Faith Promise Mission program. And so if you're saying if a church is struggling, stand up and get involved in world missions, and God will probably fix your problems at home. Get your eyes off your problems and see the world like Jesus sees the world and just get involved with Jesus and he'll bless you. That's what I was taught at Cook Road Baptist Church as well. And 50 years down the road, I think it's true. 
Still works. Still works. Talk about loving people, preacher. You're God showed you how to do that. Well, he loves them, and I want to be like him. So I try to love people too. It's a uh, it's a neat thing to come here uh, to uh, Beacon. Uh, I think you had me in just about the first year you were here because we're kind of hooked at the hip. And I'm thinking, what is this crazy old man up to now? <laughs> God said, I'm just going to rebuild this church. That's all. And you took the same principles that you've lived by all these years. And you're telling me they still work. They still work. You know, sometimes some methodologies change. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a time uh, when I first got involved in ministry that uh, we were very involved in door-to-door -door visitation, uh, big bus ministries and all of those kind of things. And they worked and they brought people in and people got saved and churches, churches grew. Um, we have to do it a little differently now. We've recently gotten real involved in a social media outreach type of program. This is absolutely phenomenal, and you've shared a little bit with that about that with me. Would you kind of share that because it's working? You know, one of my young men <clears throat> that was saved and uh, called a ministry uh, in my church at Bethany. Uh, I got him a ministry in Ohio. And Pat was there for several years and really struggled. Uh, was in a small community, and he was really struggling uh, to build a work and got really discouraged. And he was telling me he had just about reached the point where he was ready to throw in the towel. And uh, he met a couple of young men that had started a church uh, not too far from where he is, and it was just really growing just really growing. And he talked with them, found out what they were doing, and uh, he got involved with it, and uh, it has revolutionized his church. Within a year, he had grown 300% when he got involved in this ministry. And so he was telling me what he was doing, and I thought, old man, <laughs> <laughs> Learn something from this young guy here. All it was is a new application of, of loving people. Loving people, reaching people. Uh, and uh, so I got involved. Uh, and we spent about five months preparing ourselves uh, with the technology and all of the things that are involved with social media. And, uh, you know, I, I still had a flip phone. <laughs> everybody made fun of my flip phone uh but this required me to get a, a smartphone and i realized how dumb i really was <laughs> when i got the smartphone uh but uh god is using it and we're seeing we're seeing visitors now uh well tell tell how that set how that works it's, it's just loving people just loving people but in the world today in the language that the people speak you knock on their door today they're afraid they think you're a mormon jehovah's witnesses they're offended that you knocked on their door and and but this is a way that uh, connects you with people 
and on their terms, they're happy, they love it. So explain to how this thing works. It's, it's a simple thing. We put an ad on Facebook, uh, at my picture there, which maybe that's a downer. I'm not sure, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a, with a caption, uh, can I pray for you? And calls began to come in just on Facebook on can Facebook I pray for you. We launched it one afternoon and it goes out about 15 miles from uh, the epicenter miles of this church circle. Yeah. Around yeah. the church. We launched it one afternoon and, uh, later that evening I started getting calls and I've been getting calls every day since, um, uh, it's, uh, it's just, and part of that is, uh, when I, I pray with them on the phone, uh, and my last statement is we're having services Sunday morning at 1030. Love to meet you face to face. Can you make it? And I leave it at that. Uh, there's a button there they can push plan your visit. And it's amazing how many people have planned, planned their, visit. their visit and showed up. I think we had six visiting families yesterday when you were preaching here at the church. Uh, it, it's, it's amazing what God has done. So, so they, they push, uh, they tap on the phone, uh, plan your visit. And so that comes to who at the church and what, what do you do? I know there's another level of this, another layer. We have a group of, of folk in the church that, uh, I call them communication directors. They, These are the people you trained, right? They contact the folk by phone, call them, call up the phone because they give us their phone numbers uh, when they plan their visit. Call them on the phone, and they walk through. We, they introduce themselves. We're excited about you coming. Uh, and uh, do you have a, you have a family? You have children? Uh, what are their ages? So we want to help you get them into the Sunday school, uh, and uh, want to be able to show you around. Uh, and so just kind of takes the fear out of that first visit. Kind of being nice, showing hospitality, warmth. Yep. Want a cup of coffee. Authenticity. Yep. We care about you. Little things like that. All of that. <laughs> All of the above. And With no whistles and no bells and no uh, no fog, fog machines and no flashing lights. And, uh, and, you know, we want to treat people like family. We don't want them to feel like, a VIP. We want them to feel like they're just part of the family and our people are very friendly. They are very oh open. They receive people with open arms. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter the color of the skin. Doesn't matter Amen. the way they're dressed. I love that. It's uh, a very racially mixed church here. And we just, just love people. Yeah. I say love a lot them of, like the way they are. I said, that, you feel it when you walk in, uh, my wife and I come in and we just get hugged up, you know, it's just, just they they they're so so kind to us and and caring and I, I saw them doing it with visitors yesterday and just then the people that are the the hospitality people did you call them yes mm -hmm. so host yeah the host so now the people it's, it's they're going to come so Sunday r rolls in and they got special parking for them right we have a special parking place for them that's part of the plan to visit. Um, We'll have a host that'll meet you. You'll be in pretty much at the car. They're watching for the car. Right. Visitor spot number one. 
and walk them in, get them registered in, get them a cup of coffee, uh, you know, show them where the restrooms are, the nurseries are, all of those kind of things. And the neat thing about the program is uh, they've heard the pastor. They've seen his picture. You've prayed over them. And they got a personal phone call from the pastor, called him by name, brought out their prayer request and lifted it up to the Lord. Then a, a communication director has called them, given them their name, chatted with them on the telephone, found out things about them, helped them plan their visit, uh, taking the fear out of what it is. And then when they arrive, there's a host family that meets them. And so before they ever walk in the door, they've met three people from Beacon Baptist Church. Including the preacher. Including the preacher. And uh, one of the neat things is after the service, I have a spot that I go to, and uh, they come up, the host bring them up to introduce them to the preacher. I saw saw it in the a.m., and I saw it in the p.m. service yesterday. And it just, uh, you know, it's just a matter of relationships with people. Yeah. Pastor Standridge taught me the two aspects of, of ministry. There's attraction. You can have big events. We always did that and friend days and different things and wonderful holiday, you know, Christmas services, Easter services, attractions, daily vacation, Bible school for the kids, something for the kids, something for the teens, attractions. But then uh, you got to go deeper. He talked about attachment getting attached to people. And that's exactly what this is. Yes. Getting attached. And so you've just been running it just like just not even a month yet. Is that correct? That's correct. And yet you've been, you've seen family, you know, just seeing it. It's working. It's working. And, uh, we're excited about it. In fact, uh, we, uh, we're planning to build a new building. Uh, God is, 80 years old and plan out a new building program. There you go again, preacher. I don't don't know what's the matter with me, brother Duke. Uh, I've done, I've done building. You don't know no better. I've done building programs before. (laughs) Said I'd never do another one, but here we are. Yeah, you lied again, huh, preach? I've lied again. Oh, man. Well, God's blessings bring new burdens and space is important. I saw a whole bunch of little children running around here yesterday, like they own the place. Yeah, people loving on them. And you think about the Florida churches. These, uh, I know the Jacobsons, Caleb and his wife have two little ones, one on the way, and uh, they have no family in the area. But man, these people become adopted grandmas and grandpas, and those kids are well loved around here. It's just, it's, it's just God's family at its best. It's thrilling to see God do it. Never gets old, huh? Never gets old. Yeah. So they visit, and uh, this this is just a when you're here. It's there. The spirit of God is here. It's racially mixed. Um, you got guys coming in from the city mission, and uh, he's changing lives there on a on a powerful way. You've got this uh, older crowd, which it's Florida, and the Florida churches are full of older people. Yeah, Joel and I feel real young here. We're only six. We're not even seventy yet. <laughs> we're just kids, and uh, we love it because it's the only place we can go and be kids. Um, and it's growing. Then there's this whole bunch of new young people, uh, 
professional, young professionals. My goodness, uh, met a couple engineers and and very uh, very gifted, uh, very talented, educated people that are coming to the Lord and growing. And um, so, uh, <laughs> brew a new building, brewing, huh? New building. Wow. And what, it's, it's exciting. What might that entail? Would it? It's you know our facility now is uh, basically just one big building, uh, and uh, one of the drawbacks of the ministry was we had no Sunday school space. Uh, we had no space to really do anything other than the whole church. Uh, so I took all the pews out, bought chairs uh, for our ministry so that we could take the chairs down and put tables up and have Multiple fellowship use, dinners yeah, and, yeah. you know, kind of make a multi-use purpose uh, building. And uh, we've outgrown it, and uh, we need we need space. So we're going to build a, another building, going to put a gymnasium in it, uh, the uh, sake of the young people uh, and uh, lots of Sunday school rooms and it's just a just a whole new step uh, for this church and we're excited about it mm-hmm. uh, Pastor Caleb uh, just the right guy uh, he's, he's got a great heart I saw immediately he loved the seniors he wasn't on some kind of a, oh, I'm going to use this opportunity to get where I want to go. He just, he just is a, has a servant's heart and loves people. And, um, and, um, I, I was talking to him, uh, yesterday and asking about this person and man, he knew their whole life deal. Oh, they work here and they do this and they've been coming for so and so long and they have these kids. He knows about him. He's, he's, he's involved in their life. And I, I think I know where he learned that from. Well, he, he's a people person. And he and I visits together, and so he's gotten familiar with the folks, and they love him, and he loves them. Yeah, I could see right from the start I was praying because, I mean, you kind of needed a miracle. And, and I think a lot of young men might not have wanted to come and, and step into this role. And he's, <laughs> I, Joanne and I fell in love with him, and his wife is a pure delight, and they always have us in their home. And we just love him. And, uh, he was saying, we are praying that the Lord will keep brother Gwen alive for many more years because he's very satisfied in doing what he's doing. But he, he, he's stepping up to the plate and he's excited. And if the Lord, when the Lord decides to come back and take us all to heaven, which I'm ready for tonight, be a good night to come. But, um, you know, uh, at age 80, you know, you could be with Jesus any day now. And I mean, you're, you're doing fine and it, who knows what, what's up at the, God has up his sleeve, but you know, you see a, a church, uh, this, uh, pastor is supposed to be retired and it was a mess and, uh, it's just, it was dying and, uh, just hurting and wanted to live in the past. And they have this aged pastor comes in and life takes off all over again. It's just, it's thrilling for me to just get to have a little part in it coming each year and just watching all these new people and the spirit's great. It's amazing what God can do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, any idea when this thing might unfold? Is it like in involved in like the preliminaries and drawing up a building and the legal side of things? What's, what's this, what's the status? Yeah, we're just, uh, we're just in the beginning stages of, of planning that, uh, uh, that building. I'm guessing with, 
the way things are at at the building department and uh, all of the the requirements of today, uh, we're probably looking at a year and a half to two years before that building is is uh, takes up. a while. Takes a while. Takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to start somewhere. So yeah, uh, we're starting the planning state. We're in the planning stages right now. I was with, uh, became very close with Dr. John Rawlings, whom you know well. He was one of the founders of our, our Bible College. Uh, Brother Gwynn, what were your, your years at Baptist Bible College? I was there in 63 through 67. And I was there 74 through 78. And our fellowship numerically isn't as big as one, what, what it once was, but there were thousands of young men that came out of there on fire that went all around the country, all around the world and started churches. So it's been a, it's been a fun group of guys to be uh, a part of, and we have our, our weaknesses and strengths, but, um, you know, uh, just, uh, it's been a good run. And so when a lot of guys are kind of settling down and slowing down and, uh, you're gearing up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we love you, but we think you're crazy. <laughs> you know, I just believe life is for doing. And uh, when, you, when you're doing things, number one, it keeps you young, keeps you active, keeps your mind going, and uh, it's exciting to see God work. What it blows my mind is, you know, you have a younger crowd coming in. It's a, it's a growing church. And yet you get up, and I know you you have issues with your eyesight, and, and and you don't have the the ease at studying that you you once did. But of course, you have a a reservoir of, of knowledge. But I've been able to bless to hear you preach uh, many times through the years, and you know God just anoints you and make uses you to make His Word come alive to our hearts, and we never get tired of hearing you preach. And uh, it's very encouraging to me and to and to your um, your peers that uh, God's not done with you yet. You know, He hasn't put you out to pasture. <laughs> I don't think He's going to. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I I've uh, asked the Lord to give me life for my work, and and uh, as long as there's uh, life, I'm going to try to do my my best to work. Like uh, God wants us to work. I had uh, one of the most precious men in my life in ministry in New York, uh, Bob Wallace, who was uh, got saved at age 42, was a farmer. He sold his farms, liquidated everything, went to Bible college, and went to the mission field in his mid-40s. <laughs> Normally children are, are, are parents are sending their children off to mission fields. Well, they did it the opposite. The children were sending their parents off to the mission field, and they served in Kenya. They served in Australia with Word of Life International. And then uh, his uh, parents were aged and needed help. And he came back from the field. He showed up at our church and said, I'm a full-time servant. Put me to work. He became our building and grounds guy, and he taught Bible classes and discipled people did the work of the ministry as well. But God knew I was helpless. And uh, and I, I didn't know anything about buildings and how to fix them up and build them and repair them. And so God sent me the right man. And he used to say, as you get older, you can't work harder. You got to work smarter, smarter. <laughs> and that's exactly what you're doing. 
And uh, Joanna and I uh, love coming here when Miss Linda was living, and and now just with you and and in the in the Beacon family, and um, it's just it's thrilling to just watch God continue to build His church. And, you know, these methodology changes all the time. And here you are on the cutting edge of, of, of things. But I, I see churches today that just think they're going to draw a crowd because they, they rock it out and their music and their lights and, and, uh, the high energy. And I'm all for that. I, I love high energy churches and I, I don't mind. I love contemporary music, play it loud. I, I, and I, I, but I think people think that if I have all that right, That'll build the church, but it doesn't. It comes back to the the basics, doesn't it? Comes back to loving people, yeah. preaching the word, and just that uh, steady, faithful serving of God, mm-hmm. building relationships. I saw it. My son is in a. It's becoming a mega church in the uh, uh, in uh, South Carolina, just south of. Uh, um, uh, what's the big town there? Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, just in. Uh, uh, Pastor uh, Derwin Gray, he was an NFL player for four years, and he's in his early 50s building a great church. And they have all the facilities, and they have great, fantastic lights and camera action, all of that. But you know what? I saw him got down. My son joined his church last Sunday. He got down on his knees and washed my son and daughter-in-law's feet. And they got that relational thing going. And uh, he's black, and... Um, his wife is white, and the church is 50-50, and the Spirit of God is there. Uh, they serve one another. The love quotient is off the charts. Yeah. And it's a big church, and uh, you can have it in a big church. You can have it in a little church. And uh, I'm just so refreshed to see uh, what God continues to do. And I, I have no plans of retiring. I do podcasting. I Most people I ever uh, spoke to, uh, our church grew to 750 average attendance, and Maybe five hundred of them were adults, and uh, that was that was it. And now, uh, with podcasting, I speak to ten times that many people, and it just thrills my soul. I hope God will use me to kind of do discipleship work via the podcast and meet uh, interesting people through our um, interviews. So, um, we really, I have a whole list of questions I wanted to ask you. I had no clue we we're going to launch into what God's doing now at at, at Beacon, but. <laughs> It's edifying. I'm I'm all fired up. I just makes me want to maybe pastor again. <laughs> well, who knows? Uh, who knows? I, I I don't know, but I, I'm grateful for podcasting. I'm still traveling around the country preaching, and I love that. And I think that's what God wants me to do um, for the next uh, part of my journey. But uh, I don't think I'd be afraid if God were to call me to pastor a little church and I'd probably just try to do all the same things you're doing. But I want to come back to a couple of the questions that uh, I did want to ask you about, you know, it's how many years of public ministry, like close about 60 now. Uh, just about, yeah. Just going on 60 years in ministry. And uh, I, I'd ask you maybe give a couple highlights, just, just amazing things that you've got to see God do uh, over the years. You know, <laughs> It, when you when you think back, uh, you are amazed. I grew up in Indiana, down on the Wabash River, uh, and uh, little town. Never, never, ever, ever dreamed that I would ever be a part of 
growing anything other than corn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And, uh, you know, when uh, one of the highlights of, of, of my ministry, of course, I got started there at Cook Road. God wonderfully blessed that work. Boy, that youth group took off. It, it, it. Young people really, went into ministry there. It really did, and God God wonderfully blessed it. Then I had the privilege of going to work with one of my college professors who had taken a church out in Colorado. So you're Indiana boy, Springfield, Missouri, Mansfield, Ohio, and then uh, Pueblo, to Colorado. Pueblo, Colorado. We were there. I was only there a year, but God gave us a, a good work there. Had a great youth group. I was in music and youth. Uh, there then bruce took a a church in detroit michigan and uh he and i moved up there to together took you with him yeah and uh, a lot of guys don't want to play second fiddle but you didn't seem to have it seemed like you mastered that instrument well you know that's how i started uh you know as an associate and never intended to be a lead pastor never intended to Never be intended to, to be a lead pastor. Never. <laughs> uh, I love music, and uh, that was my life. And I love administration. And uh, with Bruce, he put me in charge of the music, put me in charge of the administration, administrative duties of the church. And uh, so I was the church administrator and took care of the finances and all of that kind of thing. You got truckload of common sense and so uh it, it it really works the basic principles of finances biblical principles they just work don't they he told me what he wanted and i had to figure out a way to get it <laughs> and uh music to elite pastor's ears on a we we worked well together god god blessed our when we went to detroit the church was running about 300 uh Within three years, we were up running right at 2,000, uh, and it was just a phenomenal movement of God. One of the highlights of my of my ministry years was to see what God w- would do with two guys who just wanted to make a difference uh, in their city for the cause of Christ. Loving people, and he was an incredible speaker, for sure. He, he was he was a great speaker, and God just—it uh, was a—it was a work of God. Yeah, and everybody it was, knew it. Wasn't Bruce? Wasn't me? It was—it was a work of God. We just—we just got to hang around and enjoy it. Uh, but to see a church grow like that and the, the blessings of God like that—baptizing every week, huh? Uh, every week, every week, and. Uh, not unusual to see 25 or 30 people walk the aisle on a Sunday, mm-hmm. trusting Christ as their Savior. It, it just, it was just an explosive ministry that, work of God, that's all I can say. Here is 50 some years later, and two came to Christ yesterday here at Beacon. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, never gets old, preach. Never gets old. Never gets old. Um, I've known you for... You know, other highlights, I mean, when you went to Bethany, it was a mess. And uh, how old were you when you went to Bethany in Melbourne? Did, was, did you go directly from 
from Detroit to Melbourne? Yes. That's what I thought, yeah. I was about 32, 33 years old when I, when I came down to Bethany. You know, one of the things that had happened, uh, I was, uh, I was very involved, uh, at, at Ryan road with the finances. They were struggling financially when we went, they had just built a new building and the pastor had left and, uh, in fact, it wasn't even quite finished yet. And crisis. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was some real financial struggles. There. Most people, when they see crisis, they run away. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and God just gave us uh, the wisdom to, to do what we did, to get it all together, you know, finish you call- the building and, you call it wisdom. I call it humility. Yeah, yeah well. You, it, both. But yeah. when you have humility, the Holy Spirit will guide you. He gives grace to the humble. And you know, one of the, one of the highlights of my, of my ministry there in Detroit was my association with Dr. Vic, who was kind of the founder of the Baptist Bible Fellowship. Yeah. He was... Uh, the president of the Baptist Bible College, where I went to college, uh, and uh, I never dreamed I would ever have a close relationship yeah, he with was him. Kind of bigger than life to us, bigger than there. life. Yeah, he was just amazing. And uh, Doctor Vic would uh, call and want to go to lunch on. It was always on a Friday, uh, and it was always a, a two or three hour lunch because he loved to talk. And uh, we developed a good relationship. And I had, uh, because of my work at the church and uh, the time, the period of time, you know, ministry comes in seasons. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And at that particular season of my life, there were a lot of churches that were upside down with bond issues. Mm -hmm. Overextended. Uh, Overextended. Many of them losing their ministry because of of the bonds, and God just uh, gave me uh, enough wisdom to know how to deal with the bonds and how to help churches get back on their feet, and so I was doing that uh, as as part of my ministry there at Ryan Road. They kind of send you off as a uh, financial guru. The, we that's what we talked called you behind your back <laughs> and send Wayne Gwynn over <laughs> and, and Dr. Vic, uh, saw that. And I think really, he rebuked you for something. He you were really doing. encouraged me in that. Well, it, you know, I kind of got really discouraged with it because I, I would travel out and meet with a preacher and look at his problem and say, you know, if, if I were you, this is what I would do, and I would leave. And They didn't listen to you. They wouldn't do anything. Uh, and Dr. Vic said, well, what do you charge him for your time? I said, I don't. He said, that's your, your problem. problem. Yeah. <laughs> he said, if it's cheap, it must not be any good. Uh, he said, if you'll put a charge on your ministry and make it hurt a little bit, they listen to what you say. And sure enough, he was exactly right. He was a wise man. Yeah. He knew exactly what to do. 
and so I was involved in that. Uh, and that's kind of the, that crisis management. Uh, like I say, most people want to flee away from that, and you you are drawn to it. But uh, I think that was just clearly a work of God in your heart. It didn't make any sense, but God, God, it made sense to God because He wanted to save these places. He He had investment in them, and He wanted them to be helped, help them get through that. Uh, um, real quick, uh, Doctor Vic, uh, I was under him one year at BBC before he departed to be with Christ. But I was hired the next year by his church. Doctor A. V. Henderson had become pastor there. Uh, as a summer intern working with their young people in the bus ministry, and that's where I met my bride. So uh, uh, Temple Baptist in Detroit uh, became sacred to me, and uh, my, my my bride came out of there, and uh, we've been living happily ever after for 45 years now. So you get to Bethany, and I know it was, it was again, in shape. Uh, it, was, it was a mess uh, financially. There so, were several churches here in Florida that were really struggling financially. Bethany was one. And so when we came, uh, I had uh, I had several contracts to work with churches here in the state. That's why we actually moved to Florida. Uh, it got so overwhelming dealing with all of these financial issues around the country. Uh, I had to decide what I was going to do. So you left the security of, of a salary in a growing dynamic church to come to Florida to work with screwed up churches. Yeah, exactly. What were you thinking, preach? Uh, <laughs> I was young and stupid. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Brother no. Duke. Well, you were young, but you weren't stupid. Uh, but I just felt like that yeah. was what God wanted. And yeah. that was the season. What a step of faith season of my well the walk of god is always a walk of faith mm-hmm. you know it, that's the way it is yeah without faith it's impossible to please god and and so we came to florida got involved over the, at bethany and and uh, god helped us work out that situation and get the church asked, back they, on his feet they and, wanted you to preach and they didn't have any nobody to preach so you kind of start filling in preaching I, for him i did that and i kept trying to get him to call a preacher i had several preachers in to candidate well and, i'm glad they didn't well they finally said hey we're not we're not interested in calling another preacher we're happy with what we got and i said well i don't know that god's ever called me to be a pastor uh, they said, well, as, as lots of as people have been arguing with you about that preach that as long as you're here, you'll be our pastor. And when you leave, we'll worry about calling the pastor. And we'll figure out what God was doing in your <laughs> life. And how many years were you there? Uh, almost, it was a little over 29 years, 29 years, yeah. man, out of that church birthed churches all around Florida. I mean, you guys just were give, 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 give. That's, and you know, people thought about you as the financial guru and then, Anybody that needed money, call Wayne Gwynn. <laughs> that's what they said behind your back, preacher. Uh, I know. I... <laughs> and that's what you guys did. It was such a giving church. And uh, and right right here, this is one of the churches that Beth, uh, Bethany helped start. We started this church. How yeah. far away is this church from, from the Mama Church? Originally, I... I I wanted to start it in Vieira, which is another six or seven miles north of us here. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and Bethany's about 10 miles south of us here. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the young man that started Beacon uh, was out of Bethany, and he went to Vieira, but it wasn't a fit for him. Mm-hmm. A lot of retired military uh, brass lives there, very upscale community. And uh, he just didn't fit. And so the people he began to reach were people from this area where Beacon is now. Mm-hmm. And so he migrated south uh, to this area and uh, been a good ministry. They've reached a lot of people in the churches. Did you have a model? Uh, people always ask me. We were able to birth uh, seven baby churches out of uh, our church in uh is Temple Baptist, and we use Joellen's home church as our name, Temple Baptist, and we changed it about 10 years ago, church at Newtown Road, just before I stepped down as lead pastor 12 years ago. But uh, people would say, "Did uh, well, what was your formula uh, to help birth these churches? And we really didn't have a formula. We Everyone was sort of different. But did you guys have a formula for birthing a church? You know, <clears throat> I'd heard about a young man up in, in the Carolinas that started a church, and he did it with the telephone. This was before the telemarketers were big, and mm-hmm. they just started calling people on the phone. We're starting a new new church, and uh, we're going to have our first service on such and such a date and invited wow. people. Never heard of the, such a thing. And uh, so that's kind of the formula we used. They would... Uh, there were two or three families uh, that Danny had gathered together, and uh, I said, come on over to Bethy uh, after hours because uh, we had a large Christian school, a lot of activity. We had a big phone bank, and the, uh, they would come over and in the evenings and sit there and make hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of phone calls, and that's kind of how they got started. <laughs> wow. They reached their first folks that way and drew a crowd together and that was kind of the formula we used mm-hmm. well it's just I, I'm, I'm always thrilled I mean I think church planting is the ultimate for me I'm glad that if I had one life to live uh, another life to live over again I'd want to be a church planter so kind of the ultimate and you guys did it well and uh, preacher we got about uh, seven six seven minutes to go and I, I, was there ever a time when you just got so hurt, so broken that you felt like quitting? And if you did, what was it that when you got down really low, what was it spiritually that kind of got you through the low moments? You know, there were times, um, I had a situation where there was, uh, uh, some immorality on my staff that, broke my heart, uh, and that was a tough time. I uh, had an issue where I had a bookkeeper that basically embezzled about a half a million dollars uh, oh, from the church, oh. and uh, that was a very, very low period. Um, there was a time when... Many in the church wanted to see him prosecuted, and yeah, and then there was a, a whole group in the church that felt like, well, you know, 
we got to forgive them and yeah that'll divide people and uh grace and justice it was just a black cloud that hung over the church and that let, that went on for about a year mm-hmm. uh, and uh then when when that person came back to the church and and um, beg forgiveness uh, uh I remember the service well when they came back and confessed what they had done and asked for forgiveness and promised restitution. And uh, there was just a spirit in our church that the people began to get up out of their seats and come and hug their neck. And and, uh, when that happened... It was like the Holy Spirit blew that black cloud away, and all of a sudden, the joy of the Lord returned to the ministry. But that was a really tough time, uh, because they were very close personal friends of Linda and I that were involved in that, and it it was really hard. Yeah. And that fellowship has been restored, and, uh, God just, uh, took over kind of fix what's broken huh he did there's a verse and uh, be my last little question it david i think was at ziklag when he wrote psalm 143 can't prove that but it said uh his he was really broken and he said but david encouraged and, and samuel says he encouraged himself in the lord is god and there was a form that he, he when he was so broken there in psalm 143 he, he said he uh he remembered the days of old, and he took heart, and he, everybody spake of stoning him to death, but he encouraged himself in the Lord. How, does, how have you kept in the saddle all these years? I mean, you, you, you're a widower. You, you lost Linda. Oh, my goodness. I'd, I was so honored to be on the pulpit and speak at her funeral. Uh, a lot of people love you, Preach, and <laughs> uh, my family's on that list. But uh, how, do, how do you just keep going all the years and through the grief, what, what encourages you? Uh, how do you keep keeping the saddle? You know, I think it, uh, just like David said, you have to encourage yourself in the Lord, stay in the word, uh, keep your, keep your quiet time. You know, early in my ministry, I got so busy serving. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that relationship with the Lord that I really needed and it's, you know, it's the bumps in life that uh, draws you closer to the Lord. And uh, it just, uh, you know, staying close to God, that's that's all I can say, yeah. Brother Duke. Yeah. Uh, See, and we're lo- everybody's looking for something magic. No, it's no magic. It's no magic. It's just. And there's a lot of, lot of hard days, um, but there's a lot of great days. Uh, but the hard comes along with the, with the sweet, you know, the, the hills and the valleys. Uh, I love that song Dottie Rambo, uh, saying I, music has played a great part in my life and music ministers to me a great deal. Uh, she wrote a song in the valley, he restoreth my soul and how true that is. You, you can find, uh, you know, the 23rd Psalm says he's, the Lord is my shepherd. Mm-hmm. And because he's my shepherd, 
I don't have to want anything. He leads me to green pastures, step by still waters, restores my soul. It says, he'll follow, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And, and I got to thinking about that. Uh, you know, the Lord leads us, but he follows us, <laughs> surrounds us. I never thought of that before. He leadeth. Know, goodness. And he followeth. You know, the Bible says everywhere Jesus went, he was doing good. And the Holy Spirit... Uh, brings the mercy of God to pardon our sins, forgive us, and he surrounds us. Can't get away from him. Mm -hmm. If you just stay close, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he'll keep you going. I I got a new podcast born just right now. He leads and he follows. Hallelujah. Brother Gwen, I love you, man. I appreciate you uh, being kind of that hippie preacher, taking me under your wing. Uh, all those years ago, and uh, we're still seeing people saved, oh. and uh, never ever gets old. And I hope that uh, that we finish well by the grace of God. He had way more up his sleeve for both of us than we ever dreamed. And uh, thanks for joining in. Hey, uh, listening audience, wasn't that a blessing? I know it would be. So keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your hand on the plow. Uh, he may come back today. It'd be a good day. So, Amen. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it if you hit the like button and share and all that kind of stuff. Help get the word of God to the ends of the earth. Lord bless. Bye-bye for now. See you next time. <laughs>